video games, comic books, toys, books, Muppets, Legos, Star Wars, anything and everything, because it's all in canon. As always, we're your hosts, I'm Boris, and this week, I'm joined by Phil. Where's Phil? Where is he? Happy Easter, everybody. That's right, happy Easter to everyone celebrating. Hopefully, you're not with your families. Yeah, exactly. But if you do go on Animal Crossing, it happens to be Bunny Day. You can talk to Zipper, the bunny. He's a little bit, um, different. <laughs> That's what I'll say about that. He's Whatever. a different kind of bunny. All right, we have Telling a lot you, to cover today. On lifestyle. <laughs> we have a lot to cover today. We are going to be talking a bunch of video game news, including MLB The Show, LEGO Star Wars, Cyberpunk, CD Projekt Red. We're going to be talking about cons, because apparently we talked and all the plans changed. We're going to be talking about TV and movie news. We have streaming news. We even have some important tech privacy news uh, just to, uh, you know, install some fear into you, because that is what we do here in the It's Canon Podcast. Yeah, we're we're peddlers of fear. Yep, I got an email <laughs> saying that that's it. what we do. Really? Yep, that's cool. You yep. know what? I I look at it as we are examining things from a point of view that's probably a little more pro-consumer, but that's just me. Who knows? Exactly. I don't know. It's funny sometimes the feedback that we get. I just read that, laughed, and deleted it. But uh, thank you for the feedback. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it, actually. I, I I love the talking points. I really do. You yeah. know, whether or not I agree with them, eh, it's, it's a point of view. So thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. And, uh, yeah, keep on sending it in. It's fine as long as there's no racial slurs or death threats or any of that kind of crap. We're good with it. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so um, another week. Another week without Tyler. We hope we can get him back soon, but I know he's busier than both Phil and I put together. So, Tyler, if you're listening, you do you, and fuck you. I don't think he has time to listen. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I know, I know sometimes he does, but, uh, but yeah, no, so I know a couple people have asked, and, you know, sometimes real life takes over, and uh, that's the priority, regardless of, you know, what we do here. So, you know, it is what it is, and I, we hope we can get it back soon, uh, but I just wanted to quickly address that since I got a couple messages asking where is Tyler um you know 
So, so he, I'm sure he, he thanks you for asking, but yeah, real life takes over sometimes. Yeah. And he, he's in, he's in our chat. It's not like we've lost contact with Tyler. We still have really good interactions and we get his take on things. Um, but it's just the time that it takes to set aside to do this and do this well. It's just not feasible with this schedule right now. And yeah. that's that's understandable. It's it's it, it's not a job. Speaking <laughs> of schedules. Speaking of schedules, this week is going to be insane for me. Hopefully my voice can actually make it through the week. But, uh, yeah, I have a really busy week, Phil. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I, you're, you're saying something about that wrestling thing is happening. Yeah. So this next weekend you know, is WrestleMania. That, that mania. Oh, it turned into a one-day event. Wow. Turned into a weekend event. Has turned into a week-long event. So, basically, I just finished recording the Sunday Night's Main Event radio show. That's going to be on iHeartRadio and at snmeradio.com um, later today. So, that I finished doing that. Um, Tuesday, you and I are recording our Falcon and Winter Soldier special. So, that's going to be out on Wednesday. Mm. On Wednesday, I have NXT TakeOver Stand, Stand and Deliver Night 1 to review cover then on thursday i have nxt uk in the afternoon to watch Whoa. review cover record then at night i have nxt stand and deliver night two to do all that fun stuff and then saturday is wrestlemania night one sunday is wrestlemania night two and then obviously i'm gonna watch the shows and then after the shows with the patrons we kind of do this after show after party type thing where all the hosts from all the podcasts kind of come together talk about the show take zooms slash callers from people so you know i have the next that's uh, pretty cool my dance card is is, is uh pretty full i'm always amazed at how much goes on in the world of wrestling yeah. As a guy who's not really into it, but uh, being a friend of you and seeing how much of that goes on is always mind-blowing to me about how big it is and about how much uh, entertainment they do produce. Oh, it's crazy. So, so, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, with it being WrestleMania week, it's not just WWE who takes advantage of it because it's their show. Mm -hmm. Other companies take advantage of it because it is WrestleMania week. So it's kind of like one of the biggest weeks in wrestling, period. Uh, earlier this morning, New Japan Pro Wrestling had one of their bigger shows of the year. Um, so, and, you know, so it's just it's just a crazy time yeah. for wrestling. Like, nowadays, here in North America, you can watch one show of wrestling every single weekday. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy just how big, but yet small it is. Like, you know, we're never, not never, but... We're not in the Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling era anymore. We're not in the the rock era anymore where, you know, you have that one superstar who's bigger than the business itself, right? Right now, it's like yeah. if you're popular in wrestling, you're kind of popular in wrestling. I think the most popular person right now outside of wrestling would probably be John Cena. And even then, he barely wrestles now. Dave Batista has been retired, but he's, you know, kind of made a great career for himself after WWE. So that. Mm -hmm. that it's, yeah, it's fascinating to me. I, I see a lot of it and a lot, a lot more of it in the background than I ever used to. And wow. Yeah. It's good for you guys. Like, honestly, um, 
I'm glad it's there. I got video games and shit that I want to do. So <laughs> yeah, I don't Trust- know how you make the time with all the geek stuff and that. I don't honestly. I don't. I I have I have zero idea how I keep up um, with everything, and I'm having a really weird deja vu right now. It's so strange. There's a there's a glitch in the matrix, my friend. Again, again. Yeah. Oh no. Again, it's crazy. Paranoia. Yeah, that's probably Paranoia. what it is. Um. Oh so that's my week coming up. Phil, how's the week that passed? Ah, uh, it's it's been predictable. I, I actually, it's to the point now where I'm like, I can pre-fill out my, um, my, my log of shows just because of the way that everything is going. I don't know what's going to happen to me this week because There's this no week, Snowpiercer's like, Snow over, Resident Alien is over, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're halfway through it, Godzilla versus Kong came out. I'm like, what the heck? Invincible, I guess, is my new pickup. Yep. That thanks to you, um, I, I, I've seen the first four episodes, and I've bought the first omnibus. Yeah. So it's like the first thirty issues or some shit, and which that are covered was like by the, like, lo- the first episode. Yeah, which is like the first episode, but I I wanted to go and and see that. I I just wanted to. It was it was pretty cheap on Comicsology. I think it was twenty bucks for that first one. So I threw the clash down. And I'm like, you know what? Curious to see what what what's going yeah. on here. Uh, well, the parallels, you have the Mark Miller's uh, Jupiter's Legacy coming out soon, which is kind of Netflix's response to Invincible. Interesting. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I, I like it when companies compete. <laughs> yeah. Hey, competition between two companies is the best for the consumer. It is indeed. It is indeed, as uh, evident by this week's release of Outriders on Xbox Game Pass. Wee-hoo! So I get to see what load times are like again. Oh my gosh, I played Forza Horizon 4 last night with a friend because he is so mad about this game. He loves it. Just loves it. And he, he I, I load it up, and then we he gives me the, con- the codes to do the the car augmentations that we need to in order to do the online racing and crap like that. And holy cow, is that game ever a lot to sit around and wait sometimes? Yeah. It's just load times. That's and my I'm issue so with spoiled. Gran Turismo. Yeah. I'm so spoiled by PS5. It, it, like, you know, honestly. It's crazy just how quickly you get spoiled by PS5 and its load times. Even taking in older games sometimes, you know, the, the load times are substantially so much less. Like, I, I'm committed to finish Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm going to fucking finish that mm. game. I'm going to do it. And wow. uh, the load times are insanely fast, even for a game that's now six years old. No, that, that's great. Yeah, and I agree. I've I've loaded on some PS4 classics, and I have them even on my hard drive, my external hard drive, so I can keep the the SSD kind of clear of stuff that doesn't need to be on it. Now, last night I downloaded Disco Elysium, the yeah. Ultimate Edition, because I've heard nothing but amazing things about it from most reviewers that I watch. And they even said on this new version, the old one that came out in 2019, they gave it a 9.6 in some places. I, I think IGN did. And they revised it for this new version and gave it a perfect 10 
because of all the voice acting. So I'm curious because apparently it's like D&D meets a LucasArts old school game meets a murder mystery. It's so up my alley and not anywhere near my alley. Right. <laughs> that I'm curious to know if it can compel me into the story that everyone's promising me will be good. Right. So I'm curious. I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm really going into it with open arms and hoping that it hooks me. Yeah. I just want to get lost for 40 hours in a game. Yeah. I got to admit that it's, I need to get back to uh, my video gaming. That is what suffered. Um, with me being so busy, uh, not my TV watching because you know I can watch TV right before bed. I know I shouldn't, but I do, um, just because you know I I feel like I don't get as best a rest with leaving my tablet or whatever on as I try to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know even even my TV shows like I'm so behind in Snowpiercer. I'm about three episodes behind now. I think so. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I think you're four. I'm four. I'm four episodes behind. Yeah, you know? you're four. I'm on episode seven. So I have all of that to watch. I have to continue Shameless. That's on the final season. I've committed 11 fucking years to that show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see it through. Um, what else am I behind on? That's pretty much it. Uh, so I have this tendency, you know, because I don't want to watch anything new or I'm too tired. I just like put on something that I've seen a thousand and one times. So I watched two things last night. I think you saw one of them, and it was both Chasing Kevin's, Amy. Yeah, Chasing Amy, one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies, if not my <laughs> favorite. Um, I just love that movie. It's just like, you know, life imitating art. Um, yep. And then the other movie I watched before that was I actually watched from beginning to end Goodwill Hunting again because when I watched it last <laughs> week, I kind of just caught the middle of it because uh, I was working. <clears throat> so... I was able to watch it from the beginning to end. It's the, you know, I, I do that about once every six months, probably. I uh, just absolutely love that movie. Yeah, it's a great film. I did the same thing like like we were talking about before. I watched Yoga Hosers this week. <laughs> oh, my God. I was going to ask you about that. Oh, jeez. Like, that was... I know he's trying to do different stuff. I know it's the essentially the the sequel to Tusk, which is an absolutely difficult watch at times. I loved it. Uncomfortable. I loved um, it. Uh, well, I, I like the absurdity of it. Th- that's for sure. I, I There are elements, and, and Yoga Hosers perpetuates that. I, I, I just was surprised because I kept on being referred to as, as if it was made, and I missed it. I completely missed Yoga Hosers. I totally caught Tusk. But I completely missed Yoga Hosers. Yeah, so, so I procured here's the thing. The Blu-ray. Here's the reason why. Because Tusk debuted at TIFF, which is Toronto International mm. Film Festival, we yeah. heard about it a lot being in the city-ish, um, in your case. Yeah. So, you know, you're in the area, you were going to hear about it. That's why you heard about Tusk, uh, because they were covering a lot. If it wasn't for TIFF, I don't think I really would have heard about it. Actually, I maybe would have because around that time I was listening to a lot of those um, View Ask You podcasts. So mm-hmm. maybe I would have caught it. But yeah, even yeah, Yoga Hosers, the only reason I really um, heard about it was because I was listening to the Smodcast. So 
you know, it was, it was he was talking about it, or the or Hollywood Babylon with Ralph Garman, which is my favorite mm-hmm. of those uh, view ask you one. So, you know, um, you know, so yeah, that's how I kind of knew about yoga hosers. So I well, did catch it in theaters here in Toronto. <laughs> it was on like oh, one geez. weekend. That's it. Holy crap! Um, yeah, I bought the Blu-ray. All right. Uh, oh, I've got. Oh, yeah. So I bought the Blu-ray. I watched it, and that was not all the movie. And the reason why I I caught on about it was because Harley did an episode of Comic Book Man behind the counter to prep for being a clerk in Yoga Hosers, and that was what the light bulb was for me. Like, oh yeah, I remember hearing the word Yoga Hosers, and I remember it was going to be a Harley movie. And I remember all this, and I'm like, whatever happened to it? Then I go on Amazon, I'm like, yeah, I'll buy that. And it gets delivered, and I'm like, whoa, this is not, like, Canadian Nazi bratwurst Nazis are not what I was expecting. But, hey, if that doesn't wet the whistle, I don't know what will. But get this, here's here's an interesting story. A friend of mine has a a server where he maybe streams some movies to his friends and stuff. So whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, he gets some pretty current stuff. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's cool. I'm like, hey, uh, you happen to have Congress Zilla? Uh, yeah, yeah, you do. Oh, that's cool. Maybe I'll check it out. But then I thought, you know what? I should... That service was having difficulty this week. So I'm like, no big deal. You know what? I'm a, I'm a grown man. I can, I can go out and rent Kong versus Godzilla. Now, first off, let me tell you something here in Canada. This isn't like a four ninety nine rental. No, this it's is a twenty four ninety nine. Like, and you get it for forty eight hours. Yeah, yep. that's it. And once you start watching it, that's it. You're locked in for forty eight hours. So I'm like, all right. So what I do is I buy it on my phone, and I'm figuring, you know what? I'm just gonna get it over Google and I'll cast it to my Chromecast. Right, and watch it on my TV with my st- my surround sound and all that. Like, no big deal. I can watch it in 4K then. So I download the movie, thinking that that's going to give it the highest quality for casting. Guess what? It won't let you cast the movie because you've downloaded it onto your phone. Wow. So I delete the download, but it doesn't update the license file. So now I'm completely locked out of my freaking movie. Amazing. Like, holy shit, right? So I'm just sitting there like, okay, so I'll read down. Basically, the only way that I could watch this movie is to watch it on my Galaxy Note 10. Like, I'm not going to watch this. Where did you rent it from? I rented it from Google. So what I did was I, I, after farting with it for two hours, never actually starting the movie, by the way, I got my refund for it. I was just like, screw you guys. Like, give me my money back. I can't even watch this. I can't cast it to my Google TV. I couldn't pull it up on my Google TV. I couldn't pull it up on Chromecast. I couldn't broadcast it to Chromecast. I couldn't get it anywhere on any device that I wanted to watch it because I wanted to watch it on a TV. So you know what's funny? In the meantime, my friend's service started running and I just watched it on that. Yeah, here's the thing. (laughs) Two things there. Number one, Cineplex is the way to go for these rentals. Um, Mm. Number two... This is why peep 
people illegally stream and pirate yeah. stuff. If people are willing to put in the legal money and you make it half near impossible for them to enjoy it, they are not going to do it again and they are going to pirate shit. How many times have we talked about this on the show? Yep. I know, and I'm not an advocate of piracy whatsoever. Same However, here. this showed me why people do that exactly. And I I tried so hard to do this properly. And you know what? I'll still buy the movie. I'll still buy it if they actually make a disc for it. I would purchase it. I would put it in my collection because I like the movie. Yeah. But it was so difficult to watch it properly on this weird screwed up thing that they got going on where it's simultaneous release, HBO Max, not available in Canada. You have to do this to get it. Like this whole thing is just full of bullshit. This whole system of trying to get but these access to these movies. Hold on, but that's this is not Warner Brothers' fault. This is the way Google handles DRM. Well, it it it's Warner Brothers' fault in the sense that they're not in Canada and they're not working with Crave. But that's because, to opt these but, things but, but, into but this is the, the whole service. Point of you complain to WB. You know, people complain to WB. They will step in, but when they subcontract this stuff. You know, they subcontract yeah. for a reason because they oh, yeah, need yeah. to handle it. That's the issue. No, I, I, I wish that there was better ways to get a hold of the product. Of that would know, be my complaint to Warner Brothers. My complaint to Google is exactly parked in where we're headed on that front. Yep. That's total crap that I can buy the movie and I can't cast it to your own secure product. It's not like I'm trying to broadcast it on my Roku. It's not that I'm trying to do it on some other device, an Apple TV or something that has to be across handshake this is your own ecosystem but here's what i've heard a lot especially recently now with uh, more integrations coming from google with google tv and stuff like that is that a lot of the ecosystem here in canada is starting to break because a service might not be available here in canada that all the, the entire ecosystem needs to run properly so i'm hearing of a lot of reports and complaints from reviewers I can't legitimize these just yet, um, but I've been seeing, reading, hearing that the this is becoming now an issue with Google devices here in Canada. Yeah, there's something definitely rotten in Denmark or in Canada as far as Google yep. is concerned so in this whole situation. This actually, but they I'm did looking, refund me. That's fantastic, but still, I'm looking to buy a new TV, um, and I'm actually thinking of getting... One of those Hisense TV. Because new yep. company seem to be doing well. Kind of like TCL, where they're focused on, on TVs, right? Did you know TCL is actually like third right now in terms of, yep. of, 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 of you know, power, marketplace? Yep. Like, to yep. me, that's crazy. Because I, I would see TCL all the time. And I'm like, I'm not buying this shit. I don't know who they are, you know? Um, but I, I have a Hisense. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm looking at a Hisense, um, and it's one of the 2020 models with Android TV, blah blah blah. But I'm this is where I caught on to this issue where some of the reviewers from Canada, I'm like, are saying, well, this isn't working great. The voice doesn't work because, well, the voice doesn't work here in Canada or stuff like that, right? So yeah, you know, this is making me question: Do I want to continue with this purchase? I got I got a Hisense from a couple of years ago, and it has. Uh, Alexa built-in, which you can enable or not. It's a pretty dumb smart TV, and all I do is I hook up a Fire Cube to it, uh, Apple TV, and uh, away I go. 
and I do my audio splitting to my amp because my amp won't pass through 4K uncompressed. And yeah, and that's the way that I work my TV setup. Yeah. And I rely on devices like the Google TV Chromecast, hey. you know, the new device. And it seems to work well. That seems to work well. The baked in stuff for sure is going to have problems because we're talking about different marketplaces and the same product. Yeah. So, so it's the baked in. So I guess I should have said underpinning. That. It was the yeah. baked in Android TV, Google TV, I should say. Um, that they that yeah. they have in the TVs. So you know the option now for me is to get like whatever a TV that's not a smart TV, even though ninety nine percent of them are now, and just getting the standalone Google TV device because I know that's what I'm gonna yeah. do. I love I I love Fire, but but you're kind of stuck on the Amazon ecosystem, which is an ecosystem yeah. that just doesn't work well up here in Canada. Um, so you know, I have it, it, Google. It's- I have Google, which I used for so long until I started, you know, getting using iPhones. And, and, and slowly, I've, I'm not an Apple person whatsoever, but, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the type of person where I just want to be on one ecosystem where I want to control everything on one or two devices. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult when you got crossed because I was Apple and then I'm back to Android. Uh, the, Fire, the Fire Cube isn't a bad device. But I prefer Google. I just bought my dad for his 83rd birthday a Google TV Chromecast for downstairs just because he can talk into the remote and get his Westerns. And it it goes across all the platforms that we have. You see, if they were more readily readily available last last year, I for sure would have gotten my dad a Google TV because he already has a Chromecast on his shitty RCA Mm -hmm. TV that he bought a couple years ago. Um, so he has a Chromecast, but, you know, how do you explain to them how to cast stuff, right? It took me a while. So what I did is I took an older, um, tablet, installed everything he needs there and kind of showed him how to cast stuff. So that worked for a little while, but then it's, (laughs) it's a challenge, especially when you have the language barrier, you know, on top of it. Mm -hmm. Um, now. What I did for Father's Day was I got him a fire stick because he has the remote. He can just turn that on and do what he does, right? So for me, yep. that was a good option. Um, but now you have Amazon and all that. Like, it's just it's too much for, for an old man. So, yeah. Yeah. No, the, the Chromecast is, is, or the Chrome TV is good for that. Still not perfect. Still got a few kinks. But... My dad's biggest challenge is just working the LG TV I have with the 3D remote. That's that's mind blowing to him. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, uh, there's a little bit of parental supervision that has to go on for the for yeah. the movies, but he he gets in there and he gets a little bit confused because there's a lot more. Hey, if you can rent this movie for 7.99 or something, he doesn't really see that it's charging. Well, that's what so I'm you afraid gotta of. Be careful with that. I, I have all that stuff of. locked. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. afraid of. With, uh, I actually with loaded on his Google profile. I don't have my shit on there. I just have my services that he's got profile accounts on. Yeah. So he can't do any damage because he has no credit card hooked up to yeah. it. So I'm like, I don't, good luck, buddy. Yeah. I'm, I'm just afraid for the day where my phone starts going off saying, thank you for your purchase. Thank you for your purchase. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dad, why are you buying Here's porn? your receipt for <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So.
so yeah, so old people, right? What can you do? Good news, yeah. Phil. I got my appointments for my mother and my dad for their vaccines. So all the old people Congrats. in my family are going to be vaccinated, at least with their first one. So that's huge here. Um, yeah, we're already 27 minutes in. I think it's time for us to jump to actual jump business. Jump to the news. Yeah, because there's it. quite a bit to Catch up is done. Yeah, there's quite a bit to actually... Uh, and it's funny because... Listeners don't know this, but this was actually our catch-up because we haven't really talked in a couple days. Yeah, we haven't talked all week, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, it's been quiet. We've been laying low. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's start with some video game news. We're going to start with something that you had sent me. We were going to talk about this regardless today, but it's probably some pretty major news. So we're going to extrapolate this a little bit, and we're going to talk about kind of like why these companies are doing this, which is kind of what I hinted at in our chat earlier today. And that is yep. probably a, some news that pissed off some Sony users. That is Sony's MLB, the show 21, is not a, a Sony exclusive anymore. Now, it's coming out on yep. Xbox One, April 20th. Now, the news that came out earlier this week, on Thursday, funny enough, on April 1st, yep. April Fool's Day was that Sony's MLB The Show 21 will be included on Xbox Game Pass on day one. Sony fanboys were livid. I thought I was being pranked, to be honest. Yep. I was just like, I was about to post it into our chat, and I'm like, oh my god, I almost fell for an April Fool's Day. I like almost fell for it. Holy shit! Like. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, there's no way that they, they announced that on that day, and it's not a joke. Yeah. Just because Sony's being so protective over that property, and it is their own in-house developer. But then I got the article. I was looking at it today. I saw some tweets about it, and I'm like, holy crap, it's real. Hmm. Interesting development. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I, so. It, this week, Outriders this. came out for, for Game Pass 2. Yeah, it's been it's been a time with Game Pass. I'm telling you. Yeah, but Microsoft. But this happens for Stadia. This happens for Stadia, and everybody will say that Stadia is dead. Yeah. This happens yeah. with Sony, and people just get upset. Like, oh, what the hell? It's yep. so hilarious. Right. I'm like, it's... the the duality of this situation is mind boggling to me. There's a lot of things. The optics of this, as I mentioned on the chat, are shitty. If I was mm -hmm. a Sony exclusive fanboy. I'd be fucking pissed because why am I paying 90 bucks um, here in Canada, 80 bucks in the States for this game when people with Game Pass get it for free, quote unquote free, right? So the it's optics of it, it's not free. The optics of things don't look good for Sony. Now, let's, that, let's dig into this a little more. MLB, the show, is the biggest baseball game. Uh, the EA game is nowhere near as big. Uh, in terms of popularity, in terms of mechanics, etc. Say what you want. That's the truth. This is why this is happening. So MLB goes to Sony and say, look, we want to expand the marketplace with the video games. So your nice, sweet little exclusive isn't exclusive anymore. So obviously, this is a win-win for MLB, right? They get Sony and Microsoft users. So there needs to be incentive at the very beginning to, for Sony to open this up, you know? So we don't know the deals. We don't know numbers. We don't know nothing. So this is kind of speculation, but which I know we stay away from, but at the same time, 
this is how these type of deals go down. So clearly, yeah. you know, Sony's getting a, you know, a a a a a bank truck full of cash, um, you know, a dumpster full of cash. Uh, yeah, the dump trucks are pulling up. Yeah, they got the just, mad cash overflowing just to open the game up to Microsoft. Then you know, Microsoft yep. is like, well. How are we going to get people to play a Sony game on our console? We have an idea. Why don't we put it on Game Pass? And at the same time, you know Microsoft is doing everything in their power to make Game Pass huge because it is their future. So, you know that at that point, Microsoft also got dump trucks full of cash and left it on Sony's doorsteps. Well, the way that I understand it, number one, it's hilarious because the Sony president basically made a comment six months ago saying that Game Pass is unsurvivable in its current state. Mm -hmm. So he bitched, he kind of made a public smackdown statement about it. Number two, Major League Baseball, when it came to renewal of the contract with the show, said, hey, look, we need it to be on multi-platforms. At which point I would have thought the Sony developer would have said this. All right. Hey, you know what? For us to do that, we're going to need a big infusion of cash because we have to acquire, you know, hard, like the expertise and the, the knowledge base needed to export the, the game over to a different platform. So there's probably some dump truckage of cash that went that way. Now... What did Microsoft do? Because obviously they get approached by Major League Baseball and they say, hey, guess what? You're going to have to work with this developer now in order to get this over onto your platform. But then what does Microsoft do? They go behind everyone's back and go straight to them and say, what's it going to take to get this? They, they go to the developer and they say, what's it going to take to get this over onto Game Pass? Yep. And there obviously is going to be some kind of disclosure like, well, for this game to be a success on the Microsoft platform for us, we're going to need to see sales of X hundreds of millions or whatever the number is. And then Microsoft say, check is cut and give it to them and just say, now we own the distribution rights on Game Pass for this game. You got your money, you got your amount that you needed to be a viable or a successful product. So we get to do as we please. And you know what? It it's it's a great strategy. Who knows how long it stays exclusive to uh Game Pass, if it's something that's just going to always be on Game Pass, or if it's something that's going to be on Game Pass for a limited time and then go on a break sale or something like that. There's all kinds of strategies that's that Microsoft could be employing here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Here's the thing. No matter what, it's gonna make a crack in the hands of the babies. Because yeah. we're all gonna play this stupid game. And want to buy it when it comes out next year at full price. Exactly. That's the thing. You know, that's that's exactly where it's at. It's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to say it's fraud, but Microsoft is essentially um, it's burning the books, you know, in the sense that, yeah. look, it's a success. It made this money for you, you being the, the studio, right? Um, yep. But the reality is that they paid a shit ton of money for it to be a success, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. They're doing the equivalent of buying followers on Twitter. Yeah, it, it's that's exactly it. But that's their business model, right? And, yeah. and 
And the thing is, is that I know that all these articles like to say Game Pass is basically you're getting a free game. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I'm no, paying no. 16 bucks a month, right? And I'm I'm eyeing that subscription renewal and going, is it worth it? Am I getting my maximum amount of game out of it? Like, look at uh, Outriders came out this week. I I downloaded it. I spent a night for that 50 or 60 gigabytes of game to come trundling in down my internet pipe while it interfered with my dad's enjoyment of his Chromecast TV. (laughs) (laughs) But the game gets in. And what do I do? I've played it once for like 20 minutes. And then I, I just was just like, eh, I want to go back and play my PS5 because there's no load times. There's a lot eh, of things. I know. To- I just, it's going to be the same thing with Major League Baseball. I've bought the show in the past. Guess what? I play one inning of baseball. I realize how much I freaking hate video game baseball. And then I never fire it up. But I bought it because it had a Blue Jay on the cover that year. Yeah. Like, it, it really is that for a lot of gamers i'm not saying all of them but man we play it we play it for a week and then we dive back into our old habits it sucks for sony fanboys uh for sony sony dedicated people i should say i shouldn't call them fanboys but for the dedicated few who have bought this year over year only on sony only by sony because of this game um the reality is that yeah it sucks from an optics point of view but there's so many so many Things going on in the background in terms of Microsoft strategy, in terms of the future for Microsoft, in terms of the present for Game Pass. As you said, they need to make Game Pass worthwhile for current users at renewal time. So Microsoft is going to be spending a shit ton of money doing this for a lot of games. And at some point, Mm -hmm. if Game Pass doesn't become the universal go-to streaming service for video games, you know... They might just cut their loss. We don't know what these numbers actually look like on the Microsoft side. We don't know how many subscribers they absolutely need to make this a worthwhile adventure for them. And you know that with every game that becomes exclusive on Game Pass or gets the day one release on Game Pass, you know that that number of subscriber is going to have to go up. So there's a lot of things at work here. Again, I'm not saying it doesn't suck for a Sony user, you know. I saw the I saw the title of the article. I saw the titles of the article, and it's and I'm like, oh, that's shitty. And I'm like, oh well, whatever. I'll buy it when I buy it at fifteen bucks. You know, in a few months, regardless. Is it is it really shitty for Sony users? I don't think so. It's still coming out for Sony. That's what I mean. But this, this is like, what I mean. Like, there's no losers you, in this. No. There's no way that it, it's the only thing that I think that there's any credibility towards is that it looks shady as shit on some levels. That Sony kind of shoveled it over into Game Pass. That's what the optics look like, right? That's where the Sony fans might be a little bit more upset about things. But you still get your game. You're still going to pay for it. Now there's yeah. more players on Xbox. It means more competition if there's crossplay. Yeah. Like it just means the servers are more full. There's more games to be had. Everybody like, wins. Like I said, from a pure optics reading headlines point of view, it sucks from a first Sony person because it's like the the way that it looks is I'm paying 80, 90 bucks for this game. Someone on Microsoft is going to get it for free. Oh, that sucks. You know. But the reality yeah. of the situation is so much more. So, anyways, that's that. I want to talk about that. Now, you know, last year, after the cyberpunk debacle, 
one of the many conversations yeah. that Phil and Tyler had, and I just watched and laughed at both of them go at it, was the future of video games and what this means for the future in regards to delays and how studios are going to handle delays and whatnot. Well, we're starting to get a glimpse of this. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like almost every game this year is has <laughs> announced a delay, right? Yeah. Well, Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga that, uh, announced exact, an infinite delay. Like, they didn't exactly even give a timeline. It. That's exactly it. So, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga gets delayed indefinitely. Um, the ambitious Lego game is no longer coming in spring 2021. And just remember, this is now the second or third delay for this game. Yeah. It was supposed to come out last year. So, now we're seeing Christmas the, last year. Yep. So, now we're seeing the indefinite delay of this game. And there's a lot of things about this. Like, you know, I think from a consumer point of view, why do you guys announce release dates? Well, investor pressure. You need to announce a release date. You need to have a date in mind that you want this to come out. So that's why. Yeah. Number two, what marketing says versus what development is doing and actually knows about the game are two distinctly different things. And this happens in all tech. Marketing and the tech business, they're never on the same page. There's always a fight Correct. abound. Um, so, you know, marketing will say, oh, we're going to come out May 2nd for this game. And the reality is that if the P, the project manager is like looking at the schedule, is like the MVP, no. the minimum viable product will be available in May, but the actual game won't be ready until June or July. So there's, again, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, and, you know, it just sucks because, again, this is where the consumer not knowing how these things work from a consumer point of view, it sucks because you think these companies are just flat out lying to you. Yeah, it's great if you make a trip to Walmart and you walk down the, the toy aisle and there's now all these Halo toys that have absolutely zero context to yep. a game being out. And there's all these products with Halo stuff and Halo giveaways on them, which absolutely have no context or meaning anymore. Like, people have got to realize that exactly that. The marketing wheels move at a much different pace than the reality of it, especially a reality where we introduce COVID into the workforce, right? It, it slammed that whole industry into a spin-out. And that's the big issue here. That's why Cyberpunk struggled. That's why other titles are struggling. And Cyberpunk showed that... You know what? There's two ways we can do it. We can half-ass it or we can whole-ass it. <laughs> and look at the reaction of the half-ass. Let's just get yep. the MVP out there, yep. right? Let's just, we'll work on it. And then how bad could it be? I'm sure <laughs> that was a question said at some executive boardroom you table. Know. How you know. bad could it be? What's the worst that could happen? You know, this is the worst. Your company being completely trashed. Um, but, you know, but this is the thing. It was a wake-up call for sure. And I'm not saying, yeah. you know, video game companies are go scot-free. They do need to adhere to some form of schedule. But the reality is, is that after the cyberpunk debacle, you know that video game companies are going to be very, 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 very careful, um, you know, yeah. to release a half-assed game right now. You know, I bet you even Ubisoft is like, ho, 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 we should wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Didn't they push Far Cry Six? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so there's a little bit of fear in the air. 
there's fear in the air for <laughs> sure. Um, and again, it sucks as a consumer, but we have to understand that a lot of these companies absolutely changed the way that they work over the past few months. Some of these companies yeah. are still working remotely. You know, there's a lot of pressure. It's not easy. And let's not here's okay, listeners, don't swear at developers. Don't do nope. that. They have zero say in all of this. They're literally making the game for you. That's it. They have zero decision power at the end of the day. Yep, they're showing up to their nine to midnight job. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. It's not a nine to five. It's uh, a nine to nine uh, a.m. It's a nine to nine a.m. Yeah, they're um they're doing their best and they're working in some difficult situations and then they're not driving the the dump truck yep. in this case they're working on pieces and so stitching them together it's it's it that's the way these products get made right is you go and you focus in on how well you can you know animate the wind blowing a leaf or whatever the focus of the project is you're not working on the whole grand scheme grand scale of it all and seeing it all come together it's not until the end when it gets put together that, that you start to get the vision of the game and whether or not the game's working or not, whether or not all this work, hard work was done. And I'm just speculating. I'm just filling in some loose blanks. I know it's way more detailed and way more complicated than that. But yeah, they're not the people to take your rage out on. It's the same as Outriders this week and had all kinds of issues with servers, right? It's part of the reason why I stopped playing the game as well, because I'm like, hey, look, their service is struggling. They they took the upon themselves to bring out a beta for a month, a freaking month, yep. to try and get ahead of this. And you know what? Every single one of those people who works at Square Enix and people can fly don't want to be spending Easter weekend trying to get more servers online or fix the issues that they have. They tried their best to be ahead of all of this stuff. And there's no point getting mad at them. Guess what? Go out and enjoy the weather or, or do something with your family. The people that you're in, that are in your bubble or whatever, don't go to the malls. But, you know, like spend some time on your Easter weekend being happy about something instead of rage tweeting devs and people who are just trying their hardest to get a, a product working for you. Like, it's not the end of the world. Go play a different game. Like... I don't know. I just, I know that I've gotten upset about stuff like that in the past with World of Warcraft. And it's always a dodgy week when a product launches, right? And the servers are down and there's problems and you get mad. And then you look back on it and you go, why did I bother getting mad? Yep. It works fine now. Yep. This is still a boring, stupid game. You just need to be, <laughs> you just need to be a little tranquilo sometimes and calm the fuck down. Exactly. Things will work itself out. Um, so we talked a lot about Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk 1.2 was released. Have you yep. gone back to this game? I haven't yet. Uh, I want to. I really do. Uh, I've downloaded it on my PS5. It took me two downloads. It took me two nights to get the 1.2 patch in. They said that the Stadia patch was going live later that week, but it went live the next day. I just haven't logged into it yet. I... I I'm curious to see if it's more playable, but I didn't really have issues on my PS5 or Stadia. Those yeah. two gaming experiences seemed pretty good to me. Yeah. So I've been lucky. I, I and my friend who's on his original PS4 from seven years ago 
has finished it four or five times yep. on that console yep. without a complaint. <laughs> so I, it's weird, man. It's a weird, it's weird. weird time. Like I've seen the PS4 run with people and then I've seen it run for a long time. On Wednesday, I went upstairs to watch one of the wrestling shows with my upstairs neighbor, who's also my podcast partner for the wrestling show. And his roommate was playing Cyberpunk on PS4. Couldn't even tell that it was on PS4. Like, you honestly couldn't. And he was yeah. just playing playing away, having fun. And we were talking about it. And he's like, I asked him, like, did you see any issues? He's like, it may have, like, crashed one or two times in the past. But, like, I've been able to finish this, like, ten times. And it's all good. That's, yeah, that's great. Like, honestly, I, I'm a bit disappointed when I play it on the PS5. Because it's not a PS5 version game It's not a yet. PS5, yeah, no. No. So it looks like I'm playing it on PS4, and I'm like, ah, it feels a little last gen to me. Like I, I'm curious to see these better graphics and take advantage of the load times and all that. I'm not really curious to see it over a hundred gigabytes, but that's the way it, the cookie crumbles. It's going to eat up a lot of space on the hard drive. But yeah, I I, I want it. I I kind of saw Tyler make a comment that he doesn't really want to touch it until the PS5 version comes out. Yeah. And that kind of resonated with me because I'm like, you know what? I I want to be blown away by this game, and I think it will. It's just interesting to see what's happening around the game right now. Yeah. And that is this week, um, the head of, of CD Projekt Red basically came out and said that the multiplayer isn't going to be a standalone game anymore. Yeah. They're just going to kind of roll it out into the existing infrastructure. So it seems like that was a business model where they were going to market a GTA 5 type cyberpunk game and now they're just kind of shoveling it into the existing game yep. and maybe moving on to another project is a lot of the speculation well, online. Yeah. There's a lot of things coming out of City Project Red, so there's a lot of news yeah. that we're going to be seeing more cyberpunk and Witcher games built within the worlds of those two main title games. Um, so, you know, with all these projects in their queue and with Cyberpunk 2077 still being a major, um, you know, vital piece in their business, Red 2.0 initiative will dramatically change the company's strategy. So... As the fallout from Cyberpunk 2077's launch begins to settle, CD Projekt Red has announced it has acquired Vancouver-based studio Digital Scapes as part of its new strategy adjustments. So they've already been helping CD Projekt Red um, with uh, with Cyberpunk and other properties, but now they've acquired them. You know they need the backup. They're going to get the backup. Uh, so this. Digital Scapes is now going to be known as CD Project Red Vancouver. Um, so welcome to the family, CD Project Red Vancouver. Um, so yeah, they're going to be working, and now you now you you expand operations to 24 hours essentially, right? So there's yep. a lot of work you can do. Um, you know, something that a lot of software companies do is you have a NPI team. NPI team. NPI stands for New Product Introduction. So these are the people who are, you know, the cutting edge of the company who create new products. And then you have a, you know, a, a, a on-the-field team who make updates and take over, essentially, once the product 
has been released. So I can this I'm starting to see the beginnings of this type of uh, work culture at CD Projekt Red. You know where you have a team really focused on the the newest stuff, and then they just hand it off to this team to keep up with their maintenance and whatnot because if there's one thing that cd mm-hmm. project red has said is that they are committed to fixing cyberpunk we know they're going to fix it kind of like the witcher the witcher wasn't as broken i guess i should say but you know the witcher had dlcs the witcher had a bunch of improvements um so you know cd project red has at least in the past proven that they're willing to invest in the maintenance of their games so you know good on them in that sense yeah i i i have full confidence to be you know clear i i i I still believe in cd project red um it's interesting to see all the speculation because it is really just speculation it's getting better at branding itself as speculation too which i kind of like that trend in the games article industry where they're like hey this is just me taking a shot but I think CD Projekt Red are going to abandon Cyberpunk and all that, and they go on and on to doom and gloom. And then guess what? 1.2 comes out, and they, you know their whole premise of their opinion was, well, we haven't seen 1.2, and it's not coming out, and they, they I, I don't want to acknowledge that they got hacked and stuff like that. But I'm like, I, I think it's a good company. I think that there's some changes that they're trying to make, and I'm excited to see how the product comes out on the other end. It's just going to take time. That's yep. all it's going to take is time. And you look at No Man's Sky, which is really the, the more accurate basis of comparison, in my opinion, and they're still dropping huge updates. They're still making a great game even better. So, yeah, I, I hope CD Projekt Red keep on doing that and, and have some fun and, and get the, the right product out there. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on. From video games, I'm going to start talking about cons. So last week on the show, we were talking about this Comic-Con special edition schedule for Thanksgiving weekend. (laughs) Just as we predicted, people are furious because it's on Thanksgiving. People expect this full-blown con, but little do people know they strategically pick this weekend because they don't want to be as big as it always is. Um, There's even talking kind of like... um, you know, where they're taking a look at the situation and they're going to make a final call whether this is actually going to go forward. So we're going to see exactly what happens. So it is still scheduled for Black Friday weekend or Thanksgiving weekend out in the States, but things can always change. Um, and again, guys, I have to I have to say this, that the, the reason why they picked this weekend is because people are going to be with their families. They don't want this to be a huge event. They don't want the thousands and thousands and thousands of people camping outside of hall h um you know for for whatever overnight they don't want that yeah no it makes sense Uh, to be honest when you explained it to me like that i i took the position of well what a what a stupid move which was dumb of me because you explained it last week and you're right that makes perfect sense to me that the majority of people are going to choose to be with their families, and that is the right choice. And there's a few people who are going to go and go to the con, and that's the right choice for that, to get it up in the air and see what they have to deal with in the new reality. Yep. And that's all of what it's about. Like They just want to make sure that they have a, a more limited controlled event. Yep. And that's the right thing to do. 
So yeah, people, I've, I'm seeing articles. Like, there's this Gizmodo article, and the title is WTF Comic Con. Well, look, and, and in the article, they essentially say stuff like, celebrities aren't, aren't going to be happy to go. Well, guess what? They don't want everyone there. <laughs> this is not a major con. This is just to get the ball rolling again. New York Comic Con has also announced that they will be returning this fall with an in-person convention, and the same thing will apply. It's not going to be a full-blown con. It's going to be a smaller con just to get the ball rolling. PAX! Everyone knows PAX. PAX East 2021 Gaming Convention, previously scheduled for June 3rd through 6th, has been cancelled. Penny Arcade and event coordination company Repop announced that PAX organizers organizers uh, are going to be coming back with an online convention, PAX Online 2021, for July 15th to 18th. So, you know, there's still a lot of stuff moving around. There's still, you know, the online conventions are going to be happening. We're getting packs. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's going to be E3 is going online this year with the public being allowed to kind of join in on the fun. Um, no paywall as far as E3 is saying. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a steady ride back to these insane cons. The last thing I mm-hmm. want to be, even if I was a celebrity, is I'm not going to go to a full-ass con right now. Like, fuck that. So people are just shitting on the <laughs> organizer of these things, and they don't realize the bigger picture. You know, shit isn't perfect just yet. Yeah, you know, we still don't even know what... I, I think we're all projecting what we think the world is going to be like when the mass vaccinations are out there and the herd immunity is achieved. However, and I'm not trying to fall into this doom and gloom space, but we're all learning right now in this current wave that the rules are different with the virus right now. And I don't know what the world is going to be like. It comes September, November, October, November, all, you know, I don't know what what we're going to be dealing with. Nobody knows. And yep. that's that's the only thing that we know for sure. So, so we hope that we're all going to be going back to work. We hope we could go to Comic Cons. We hope that we could be back in movie theaters. However, however. I don't know that the virus is going to play well with us yep. on that front. We don't know what's going to happen. That's the truth of everything. And my prediction, Phil, is that we're going to be seeing an article about this telling people to be tranquilo on a certain website with three letters as their title. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, we Nothing know you're shocks listening. me anymore. We know you're yeah. listening. All right, we're going to move on. Um, we're going to move on to TV and movie news. So Last of Us, man, have you seen the filming window for this show? No, I haven't. I've, okay, so, I've really avoided some stuff on this. So what's Okay, up? so Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, will start filming in Calgary. And I love the fact that you pick a post-apocalyptic shitbag world and you pick Calgary as the city. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto. With love. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be filmed in Calgary and area uh, starting in July of this year. And it's okay. going to go until May, June of next year. Whoa! 
Are you kidding me? Yep. So it's going to start in Calgary on July 5th, and it's going to wrap on June 8th, 2022. Oh, well, good on them for putting the whole ass into it. That's (laughs) more than one season, right? There's no way one (laughs) season of this show is going to be 11 months, right? Right. I just can see this, that they'd go and maybe they'd shoot a couple a bit each month, things like that, in order to get the seasons. And Calgary is probably a really good one at holding on to winter well, and being that's a little a thing, bit. Right? If, you, if you've played yeah. the first game, you know that winter plays yeah. a huge part in the game. So what yep. better shitbag city in Canada to do it than Calgary? And as well, you get the mountains in the background and things like that. So you're replicating Colorado really well. And you're probably able to get away from all that and shoot in, you know, cityscape. The only place I could be worse is maybe Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) But anyhow, I I, I get what they're doing with it. It it surprises me that that it's that long because when you comparatively look at the shooting schedule for Obi-Wan Kenobi and you just see that they're going to be like, well, we're going to start on Monday and we'll be done Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. It's like that's all six episodes. It's like it's what like the Disney, hell? It, <laughs> it's like Disney shooting porn. It's like, all right, one weekend. <laughs> one weekend, yeah, one season done. It'll be in post-production for a year, but <laughs> You know what's actually hilarious? We got what we need. You know what's actually what's hilarious? That, that um, not that Pedro Pascal is going to show up on Obi-Wan, but he can honestly go back to Disney, film whatever he has to film <laughs> for Disney, and come back to production for Last of Us. Well, there's, there's, I've seen some speculation in the news media about the idea that Pedro Pascal could leave The Mandalorian because of how lucrative this HBO Last of Us thing is. Yep. And he's all gung-ho for it because he doesn't have to wear the freaking helmet. So yep. his big gripe with The Mandalorian is being alleviated, and he feels that he's got more star potential with this role, which I guess he does. I don't know. It, I, it all depends on how many people decide that the show is worth the effort. I don't know. We haven't seen a successful migration from video games to this type of media yet. Yeah. Like on the, putting, on the big mainstream. They're putting a, like this one is huge. This is a huge test for the video game industry yeah. um, and for HBO. Like it's HBO. HBO rarely fails at this, right? Um, this yeah. is HBO. This isn't, I don't know, Legacy or some bullshit. This is. Well, this HBO. isn't. Yeah, this isn't uh, the CW. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, um, we've, we've got Pedro Pascal's brother. <laughs> and we're going to have some teen drama. <laughs> oh, we're going to call it the 101. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, Sorry. We'll see. And I'm not Apologies really sh- to all CW fans. <laughs> all three of you. Uh, don't you... <laughs> Don't you love how we apologize to CW fans, but completely ignore the fact oh, that we shit shat bag on Calgary, Calgary. <laughs> yeah. and Edmonton? Come on. Yep. You uh, know we love you. Yeah, those are beautiful cities in Canada. 
Yeah, I, I I know that they shoot out there just because there's it's so Colorado. much available. Yeah, yeah, it's and, and there's so much available. You can hit any the lakes and the valleys and like yeah, it's just an awesome place to 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 shoot. I just yeah, it's just and yeah. you know that they're gonna go to uh, like Banff and stuff like that just just for the visuals, right? Like yeah. this is Calgary and area. Like apparently it's a massive production. So yeah, so. Anyone who's played the first game knows that winter plays a huge part in this. And, you know, it makes sense to go to a place where winter starts, like, you know, September. And I'm not joking. (laughs) (laughs) September, October, you're in fucking winter and will last until, like, you know, April, May. So, makes sense. Hey, I've seen snowstorms in Calgary in July. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I love it. It's it's a crazy, crazy climate place. Like, it, it... one day can be nice and sunny, short sleeve T-shirt, and next day there's two feet of snow. So, yep. Who knows? It's, it's a great place, though. So, want to talk about one of Ryan Johnson's movies for a little bit? Oh sure. <laughs> I think All I right, know which so, one. Yeah, Netflix has purchased the sequels to Knives Out for four hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. I know he's writing them right now. He's like literally finishing up writing them. Yeah. And I saw somehow I ended up following him on Twitter and unfollowing him because I'm so tired of how much bullcrap I get about the Star Wars wars that go on with fans and trying to rope him into it. And it is, you know, he's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but I accept it and I, I do like his stuff. But they posted up some some stuff that they found in Walmart or something about Knives Out. There's a DVD video of it with like paintball splatterings all over it and Daniel Craig. (laughs) And even Ryan Johnson's like, who the fuck authorized this? (laughs) (laughs) It's just been comical to watch, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this Netflix stuff though. I'm like, hey, here's the thing. It's weird. It's a sequel by name only. It's going to be an entirely new cast, new story, new everything. So, you know, it's just using the popularity of the Knives Out name, which, you know, it was one of the last movies that came out during normal times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was good. It was really good. It was really good. So the funny thing is, is that it's exactly relates back to the story about MLB The Show. How much money would it take? In this case, it would take $450 million. So that is one and a half dump trucks full of cash <laughs> to yep. buy Knives Out property sequels. Yep. So think about an even bigger platform in video games. Now, <laughs> I love the segues that we're pulling here because it has been announced, or not announced, speculation, a lot of rumor and innuendo that NBC Universal is considering pulling movies from HBO Max and Netflix for Peacock because Peacock is a little behind in the race and everyone knows everything in this entire streaming race is about exclusivity. So NBC Universal is thinking about pulling some of their movies outside of other streaming services and into their own Peacock. It's not shocking. Not shocking at all. I'm so annoyed especially as a Canadian customer, when these little wars happen and they affect our content, that annoys the crap out of me when contracts get pulled. Usually we find that some stuff does stay on and then Canada Netflix 
universe. And it is arguable that during all this segmentation, that Canada Netflix is actually probably swayed now where it used to be really popular to get a VPN so you can watch American Netflix. And I think now the Americans want to watch Canadian Netflix For the in office, a lot of ways basically. because, yeah, basically we've got more of that content that didn't have to subdivide. Yeah, we the way Canadian that it Netflix did in just recently lost friends to Crave, um, but they still have The Office. So, you know, it's sucks. They got but- Parks and Rec, didn't they? Yeah, Netflix has Parks and Rec, as does Amazon. Amazon also has Parks and Rec up here. They had it. I don't know if they still do. It's still there. Amazon are sneaky. It it bakes in and out, man. There's stuff like the Fraggles is now over on Apple TV, but it used to be on it. It used to be on Prime. That's so weird, man. Stuff moves around, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, like, Because I've been trying to watch it. It does kind of screw around with us, but we kind of sometimes win because a lot of these deals are only being struck in the States. So sometimes we've been saved from a lot, but then you get something really weird where Peacock signed a deal with Chorus. Who the fuck watches Chorus? You know what Chorus is? It's Global. Yeah. Global, YTV, Showcase. Yeah. And they own all the, the radio stations, too. Yeah. Like The Edge, stuff like that, Chorus Radio. Yep. So Big, big players. Yeah, so that's why they Chorus has their Slack TV up here in Canada, where you can get all the yeah. Chorus channels um, in, in one streaming service. So, you know, that's kind of like where uh, Saved by the Bell and any Peacock exclusive goes. So, I don't know, it's kind of Sometimes. Weird. It also goes over to Showcase, which they, is they owned own by Showcase. Chorus. Yeah, that's what I yeah. mean. Because, but it shows up on the regular TV. Like, that's that's why no, you get, no, like, a Brave New World came in on a channel for us, which was weird. Yeah, but... <laughs> because that was a Peacock exclusive that was broadcast on Showcase for us. Yeah, yeah. So, the deal with Chorus is that they will air it on their channels. But with Slack TV, channel. you get everything. So, yeah. go figure. That's, like, another, like, 20 bucks a month or something. Through your Prime. So Prime's dipping into that. I'm like, oh my God, so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Chorus and Prime here are in bed together. So that's why you can go. I was wondering Prime. about that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, man, yeah. I got my Adult Swim con- a, a channel. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Harley Quinn, basically. Harley Quinn, and they, they've been doing the, the uh, Justice League animated movies. Yep. For the past while, I've been enjoying those. Those are great. <laughs> Most of them. Most of them. All right, so one last bit news of the day, and it's a little fear-mongering, but this is, this is information that I think is really important for people to know because it goes to show you that at the end of the day, our privacy, as quote-unquote important it is to companies, shit happens. Bill, yeah. did you know? 533 million Facebook users' phone numbers and personal data has been leaked online. I didn't know that, but color me shocked. (laughs) No, like, sorry. Business Insider exposed data um, is from users from 106 countries, including over 32 million records on users in the U.S., 11 million users in the U.K., and 6 million users in India. So there's forums in the dark web uh, where our information is literally just 
out there for people. The data leak includes phone numbers, Facebook IDs, full names, locations, birthdays, bios, even some even include email addresses. Great. Yep. So just great. Again, and you know what? Facebook wouldn't come out and say it until they got caught, right? Then it's oh well, let's put out some public messaging to say, you know, change your passwords, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what bugs me, ultimately, with these big companies. It's like, if, if, like, they literally get together and have their coffee, and Mark sits at the table, Mr. Zuckerberg, and he sits down, and he goes, oh, man, I hope the aliens don't invade today. And then he says... Hey, how many breaches did we have last night? And I go, oh, well, we had 50 million breaches. We lost all this information for these people. Does anybody know about it? No. Shh. (laughs) And then somebody finds it on the dark web, reports it to the media, and then the loopholes found and exposed, and then Facebook just react, right? Like, Or my favorite is when they say, oh, we fixed that issue already. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Just like just like when, when all that spyware was dropped into all the routers and, and all the watchdog software over Christmas, right? And they keep on coming out and saying, oh, it's fixed, it's fixed. And it's like, data breach gets worse. <laughs> like, yeah. How is this possible? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's like there's uh, kaijus just coming from the breach. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit, man, how could it get any worse? Now there's three kaijus. <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. Um, They're coming but, for your privacy. Yeah, it's Godzilla, King of the Monsters, up in here. <laughs> uh, but no, but seriously, it's crazy, and this is kind of where I wish that there was more government watchdog oversight, because when these companies discover something, they don't actually have to disclose anything. No, the, the funny thing is, is it's it's just like with COVID world and everything. Okay, you're found in violation of the code. All right, that's a $5,000 fine. All right, we stood to make $50,000 today because we violated the code. Who cares about the $5,000 fine? The fines don't match. The punishment doesn't match anything real to these multi-billion dollar companies. Facebook doesn't care if they get a $100,000 fine. They don't give a shit if the if these companies if they're actually held to account because the fines are meaningless. Yep. They're meaningful to people and small businesses, but they're not to these corporations and the laws have to scale. Yep. Like Google, Facebook, Microsoft, all these companies like hell even like recently last year I think what was it the Life Labs got hacked here in Canada. And you know what? I'm thinking, oh, who cares? They got my, they got an email address and they got maybe a phone number. But no, they also get your health card number. Yeah. Like, what the hell? So yeah. it's just, and they probably got a good $5,000 fine. I don't know what it was, but I'm sure that they're still pumping, you know. We've barely even heard about it since it happened. It was news for an afternoon. And that was it. Yeah. It's just mind boggling the amount of stuff that's compromised every day by these companies it's also on the other side it is mind-boggling how much effort goes into protecting your data from a responsible company's yes point of view yes so i can say that firsthand that the company that i work you know i've i have experience with definitely takes all that stuff seriously so good for them and i do see a lot of money like i'm not trying to 
dissuade people or, you know, I know you're the same opinion that we're not trying to say Facebook are just giving away this shit. I know they're trying really hard in order to protect our data, but the stuff that makes me mad is usually our data is the stuff that's being sold. Yeah. So it makes me a little bit salty about it. Yeah. When on the product. Is, this is why I always say, you know, I have a email address just for accounts and stuff, right? Like my actual email address, if you're going to email me something useful, I have an email address for that. For accounts, for bullshit like that, I have a separate email address. You know, like I have yep. two or three email addresses that I constantly use for different reasons just because of this. Um, and with all my social media and stuff like that, I might have one or two passwords that I use that have no resemblance in any shape, way or form to the password of like, you know, my banking information and and and, and CRA and stuff oh, yeah. like that. You know, my tax stuff. Yeah, yeah, my, in Canada. my personal stuff that needs the ironclad is very, very... <laughs> unique yeah so and i do that for a reason yeah yeah and these are things that like hopefully you can start doing like having separate email accounts using better passwords using two-way authentication where possible um just be yep. careful that you don't lose your phone or whatever and make sure that when you do move your phone you read up into how to move your authentication or else you're going to be stuck with your old phone yeah. for a while but you know there's a lot of things that you can do and you Email us. You can email us. We'll, we'll, we can we can help you. We won't tell you what to do, but we can kind of give you guides in terms of what to do. Yeah, some best yeah. practices, some some suggestions. That's all. Yeah, they're not they're not things that you need to hold on to with your last breath. But we do have some experience into yeah. um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just crazy, sure. but it just you know, there's a lot that you can do. Uh, you know, where I see these breaches and I'm like, yeah, it sucks. But I don't really care because, you know, the information that's on that database isn't not, – it's not that it's not not real, but it's not complete information. Yeah, and you know what? Like I had it last week when I told you about my Ubisoft yes. account. And it was just upsetting to me the idea that somebody went in there and even changed my language preference. Yeah, that it's like there's there's literally nothing of value in there, nothing of value at all. Like, it, it's just my collection of games, like just a list yeah. of games that I played and the points that I have in them. So there's no value. There's no reason. It's just somebody doing it for the sake of being able to say that they did it, right? But I, it still really upset me yeah. that it happened, and I was desperate to get things righted yeah. right i really and, don't and... understand why people want to do this stuff like i don't i don't see where anyone wins anything um you know you're so likely to get blocked within hours of stealing someone's info um you know it's it's just weird i don't know. I, I don't i don't get the motivation behind hackers uh, outside of I... the fact that i can do it yeah, I think it's just people being bored, right? Yeah. And and that's okay. Like it, it, it's just the experience that they're garnering or whatever. I don't like it when it happens to me or people that I care about. But I get it. I don't know. Like when we're kids, I'm not saying that it's only kids who do it, but I know that I was more prone to troublemaking like that. And you're not really thinking about the consequences per se. Like yeah. You're like you're just gonna get blacklisted. That IP is no longer gonna be usable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
for 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 stuff. So yeah, uh, it's, it's just, just weird. It's just a shit show at the end of the day. Like I, I don't see the reason why people do um, what it is they do, and whatever. I don't get it. Um, so that's that. Anything else you want to talk about, Phil? No, hey, I, actually, I, let's talk some Lego before we go. Yeah, I was gonna say about Lego actually, because there's been a lot going on in the Lego world. Like first so, of all, Justin, just too good. Took off his mask. So congratulations to him. He's been doing this for a long time. And the guy's finally doing maskless videos. So I know we've tried to get him on this show. And we, and we had him agreed for a while. But uh, he's he, he's having some difficulties, I guess, is the subtext that I get. But he's a great source for information. And I've been showing Boris some fun Lego stuff, Boris. Yeah. So a couple things. Number one, I'm not sure about those busts. I like them, <laughs> but I'm not sure about those busts. They're, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like Lego anymore. I, I, I'm in the, I, like they're nice in the sense that they're smaller-ish, so you can kind of display them more. But I'm not sure about them as a product. And I'm sure they're gonna. They do still well. look like Lego. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're already out. They're out. They're already out, and they're already doing out. well. Doing well. Yeah, like like not all of them, but the Star Wars ones came out last year. There was Stormtrooper, TIE Fighter Pilot, and Boba Fett. Yeah. I have two of them. I haven't built them, but I have two of them in the box. There was Iron Man. All right, that came out. And now they're expanding into Batman, Venom, and there's going to be a Darth Vader, a Scout Trooper, and there's also going to be a... UCS mini UCS of uh, the droid, the, um, the Imperial droid from Empire, yeah. which I'm quite excited about because it's not black. It's kind of gray. Yeah. And I love the little panel. Now, these things do well because they're sub $100. Yes. And like you've mentioned, they're a little bit smaller. Uh, I don't know that the Batman stuff is going to do well. That cow looks, it creeps me out a little bit. The eyes look really good. But that whole mouth and the, the thing, they've just, you can see it looks a little bit better with Venom because of the teeth and whatnot. So the I get putting the, good too. yeah, I get putting the, um, the discolored blackened tinted clear Lego behind that. But with Batman, it looks a little weird Yes. to me. But anyhow, these products are, here's the thing that's happening with Lego. They are switching their sites over to target the 18 plus crowd. They've, I assume that they've got proper analytics that show the majority of Lego sets aren't built by kids anymore. It's mostly nostalgia hunting by adults with disposable cash. And I think the pandemic has even shown that even more. Yeah. And now the majority of Lego's lineups are going to these black boxes like the latest set in uh, ideas is Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And it's 18 plus yeah. and all custom minifigs. And they're coming out with a CMF series, a custom minifig series of Looney Tunes for the new Space Jam movie. And these like, things are all custom heads. Custom minifigs like, as in not your regular. They look like, well, it's just a run of minifigs. It's right. just a like a bagged run of minifigs. And, and that's the thing. That and it's all going to be Looney do, Tunes. Right? No, no, they've been doing this for years. These these minifig runs. I I did it for the Lego Movie Two. I bought a case, yeah, and got two full sets. 
and stuff like that. Like they do it on their own properties. They're the the one that they've never done on a Star Wars because they're technically not allowed, but we think there's a loophole in that now. So we're anticipating that that could happen any day. But yeah, Lego's refocusing and they're bringing out the 1966 Batmobile for sub $50. That's what I They're bringing out, and that has Batman and the Joker as minifigs in it. Can you? They're also bringing out a helicopter with Robin for $24.99. So you're going to be able to collect all of the minifigs from Batman and get it done with, and there's also a pack out for $20 with the Penguin and Harley Quinn in it, which is very unusual for them to do a Harley Quinn figure because yeah. they're trying to say that they're not doing the Adult Swim version of Harley Quinn. <laughs> they're trying to do the kids version of Harley Quinn. Yeah. So, but you know what people do is they take the hammer out of Harley Quinn's hands and they put in a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, Lego's getting interesting. It's getting really fun. They're they're getting away from a lot of the rules that they said they'd never do things or they were going to be very particular about molds. And I'm telling you, like when you look at the 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 Winnie the Pooh set, the Eeyore is just awesome. Like some of these characters are just crazy with their paint jobs and how accurate they are. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited. Like it started with that Sesame Street set, and now I want the Winnie the Pooh set. Now I want so many sets, I just don't have the money for it, honestly. Yeah. Or the space. So when is the Batman 66? Uh, I think it's April 24th. For pre-sale? Uh, there won't be a pre-sale on that. Yeah, pre-sale. Oh, there probably will be pre-sale a week before. Hey, Something like that. You should do me a favor. <laughs> what? <laughs> you want help, me to? You want me to get you that? Help me get this. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep my eyes open. Like, here's the thing. This is this is my new approach with Lego. Ignore it for six months and there'll be tons of it. Yeah. Honestly, like those five those 500 first packs that everybody was freaking out about and spending like 80 bucks on and, and whatnot, you can go anywhere on Lego and get them now. Yeah. It's, it was just hot for those two or three months, right? Like, everybody wanted it. Everybody thought that, oh my God, the sky is falling. Now yeah. you can't, you can... Hit, like turn a rock over and there's five of them scattering. Yeah, so. like I'm still debating because I have the Batmobile, right? So yeah, you got the smaller one. Yeah, I got the smaller one. So I think I, I might continue this trend of only getting yep. Batmobiles and the Batmobile. Yeah, and that that's a same scale Batmobile, so that'll go well in your collection. Yeah, so yeah, I think it, that's it what gets I'm gonna really do. confusing. I think I'm gonna keep and stick to my Bat cars and stuff. Yeah. Um, cause I want the 66 and I still want that 89, uh, Batmobile. And I know that that's, you can still buy easily for 250 yeah, two, or something. 299, I think. Yeah. Canadian sure. or 250. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, there is a set that I didn't think I was going to buy, but I think I'm too excited to buy it. And that's the Porsche 911. Oh yeah. Uh, the big one. Apparently the build on that is insanely fun. Mm -hmm. That's the reviews that I've seen are just the techniques. And unfortunately, I geek out over stuff like that, like how they make things, how they make different angles come together and yep. whatnot, the engineering of it all and how it's conveyed in the instructions. So you don't even know what you're building until you place that piece into the vehicle. Yeah. And yeah, that's 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 a big thing. Like I, I, I remember I got so excited because I was building a house and the the 
the designer's approach to how they built the staircase blew me away. Right. And the pieces that they used on the staircase and the angles and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy shit, that's a shield, but it's a stone, but it's angled. And it was just fun. It's just, yeah. you know, you get a little charge out of it. You know what would be a things. fun um, kind of set? So I, the one that I, I always debate on getting is the Friends uh, Central Perk one. But I feel yeah. like the WandaVision house would be a fantastic Lego set to get. If they were to make one. Yeah, well, this year, when Friends retires, it's going to be picked up with Seinfeld. Yeah. They have a Seinfeld one. So I was originally going to get the Friends one. And then I don't think I'm a big enough fan of Friends to really feel like I want to add that to my collection. However, I do 100% feel that I'm a big enough fan of Seinfeld to want to have that set. So I'm making a commitment now. That when the Seinfeld set comes out, I will be buying it, even yeah. though I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Just it, to have George I, I, and I kind of want that Jerry. one, too. So we'll see. We'll see what I get. Kramer. But for sure, I've decided here on the show that I'm going to be collecting all the Batmobiles. So that's that. Yeah. And they're easy builds. They're good. Yeah, they're they're good. really easy. I, the, problem, the problem that I see for you is that if you go out and you buy that that 249 or $300 Batmobile, the scale of it is absolutely insane. Yeah. And then it throws your whole collection out. That's why I say stick with that price point of the $50, sub $50, because then they're all going to look well on a, yeah. on a shelf. Yeah. And the the Batwing is the other one, but that one is just too big for me. That one's interesting because it's actually wall-mountable. And that. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting angle from, from Lego. And, and well done. Like, congrats, Lego. They're they're starting to think outside the box with their products. Yep. And that's when consumers win, right? It's it's going to be, in my opinion, this is going to be heralded as a, a really high tide for Lego. I don't know where they go if it's further up or down from here. They're making some interesting choices with some of the product lines, but we'll see how it all works out. Yep. All right, Phil, I think it's that time where you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of us. Oh, yeah. You know what? If you want to track us down, you can find us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. If you want to email us, which I know a lot of you have been this week, you can track us down at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere that you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and leave a rate and review if the platform allows it. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Yep. Thank you so much, everyone. It means a lot. All the messages, whether positive or negative, at least I know people are listening, which makes this show worthwhile to do, even though I still maintain that I will be making this show if it was just myself and Phil. Geek therapy, baby. Yep. So that is that. We are the It's Canon Podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, we talk about all things comic books, we talk about all things books, movies, TV shows, video games, streaming services, sports, Lego, anything and everything. And Phil, do you know what the best part of it all is? It's in canon, baby. That's right. It's in canon. He's Phil. I'm Boris. It's the It's Canon Podcast. Good.
I guess we're back on Wednesday to talk Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So good night. <laughs>